Welcome to the Men's Victory Alliance podcast, and today I will be doing the show solo for the first time, just me talking about something I know very well, which is real estate investing. I have a lot of guys that come to me with questions how to get started, and I believe so strongly in real estate investing and what it can do for your life that I wanted to share some of the ways I think about it and how I answer some of the questions I receive very often. Your life is an opportunity. We live deliberately, relentlessly pursuing our goals. We don't settle for mediocrity. We aspire to greatness. We are mindful of the process, but we demand results. We embrace our role as leaders, and we lead by example. There is no finish line. We are leveling up every day until the end. We will win together. This is the Men's Victory Alliance. People come to me and they say, Jeff, there's no cash flow in my market. No properties in my market meet the 1% rule. And the 1% rule is something I talk about frequently. It is a metric to rule out properties that will give you negative cash flow that you will lose month to month because the expenses will outweigh the income coming in with rent. So the 1% rule just means that the property will rent monthly for 1% of the purchase price. So if you're buying a house for $100,000, it will rent for at least $1,000 a month. And in many places, this is very, very difficult or in some places impossible to find. In others, it's easier to find, but those tend to be very, very bad markets. In the markets I operate in, it's very challenging to find, but it can be found. And then there is one other way that you can get into cash flowing property that is my solution for those people who are convinced that they are in a market that will never cash flow wayne gratzky the famous hockey player has a quote that says i skate to where the puck is going to be not to where it was so that quote can be applied much wider than sports or hockey or anything and i can apply it to real estate right here if you can reasonably and logically envision where growth is going to happen, where rents might go up, then you can position yourself in front of where they're going to be before they get there. Now, this is not the ideal scenario. The ideal scenario is you're buying strong cash flow on day one. You're getting a property at 1.5%. You know, you found an incredible deal. You're buying a place for $300,000 and rents for $4,500. But again, that's very, very difficult. And I don't buy property by marketing to off-market sellers. I am a regular guy who observes my market. I buy listed property. Sometimes I buy at auction. But I know my market very, very well. And I just look for the best deals that are available at the time. Now, the beauty of buying for cash flow is that it prevents you from overpaying drastically for a property because... Rents are far less volatile than the actual housing prices themselves. So if you look back a short time ago in 2022, early 22, when properties were skyrocketing, well, of course, rents were going up, but they weren't going up at quite the pace of the purchase prices. Now, if you're a cash flow buyer, that means that you had to slow down your acquisitions considerably. You know, if, if there's a $300,000 house that used to rent for $2,800 and the price goes to $400,000, rents probably only went to $3,100. So the cash flow situation in that hypothetical just got a lot worse. And if you're looking for cash flow, 
you're not interested in buying. So cash flow protects you from chasing crazy high things. Now back to the original scenario of I can't find 1% deals in my market. I can't find cash flow in my market. I've dealt in two markets that are very similar. At this given moment on any listed property, you will not find a 1% deal for listed property. Now, one thing that I have done, and I've done it over and over again, and even recently, is that I will look at properties that are slightly under the 1% rule, slightly break even or maybe even negative cash flow. Um, I like to stick to break even. Ideally, I don't want to take a negative cash flow situation. But the point I'm getting to is I just made a video on YouTube where I detailed four deals I've done, one in 2015, one in 2017, one in 2021, and then one two weeks ago. And it was the same strategy each time. In 2015, I bought a single family house for $150,000, but it only rented for $1,300. So you're missing the 1% rule. So why did I buy it? Sometimes you have to get creative when you want to end up in a positive cash flow situation. My thinking behind the deal was that I would take the less than 1% for a year, maybe two years, but I was very confident in short order that the house would rent for 1500 if not more. Single family houses in general are tougher to make cash flow than multifamily houses, but on the flip side, they are far easier to manage and there's less turnover generally. So it's an exchange that works out in that I will consider slightly worse cash flow in a single family property versus a multifamily property. Single families are easier to finance, they're easier to find, there's more of them, they're easier to sell, and they're more accessible for a regular person with a real job. So I do recommend looking at lower end, smaller single family houses, somewhat close to where you live, because they are not going to cash flow like crazy day one, but they are going to get you in the game. They are going to get you holding an asset. Now you're in a position where you have equity. And then whenever the appreciation comes, whether it's in a year from now, whether it's five or 10 years from now, you'll be holding it when it happens. And that's some of the magic of real estate. And some of why I'm in the position I am now is because I was able to take all these equity positions that were positive cash flow and just hold on to them so that when appreciation happened, I got to enjoy some of that. So 2015, I bought the house for 150000 It was renting for 1300 I will fast forward to today. The same house rents for 2200 a month. It's actually the same tenant as a 2015. I've had zero turnover. Because there's been zero turnover, the maintenance and repairs have been less than lots of turnovers. We get in there and do a lot of repairs and spend some money. But if people stay a long time, that just only helps your bottom line, only helps your cash flow. So today, I have 2200 a month of rent on a single family house that I bought for 150000 because I was willing to skate where the puck was going rather than to where it is. 2017, a similar deal. I was looking through deals I did, and I bought a place for 203000 at auction. We put about $15,000 into it, so call it two twenty, dollars and it only rented for 1800 Same exact deal today. It rents for twenty eight fifty. And this is where I know people are going to say, because they do tell me, yeah, it's not 2017 anymore. It's not 2015 anymore. I'm glad for you. I'm glad you got in then, but you can't do that now. And that's just simply not true because on the day that I close these deals, they don't feel like good deals. 
you know, I just bought a house for 150,000 and rents for 1300. I felt weird about it. I can remember back then, like, is this a good deal? And in hindsight, it looks obvious. Oh yeah. Single families for 150,000 in Marlboro, Massachusetts. Now it's a dream. You can't find a single family for less than, you know, 350, 400 if you're lucky. But back then it didn't look that way. Just like it didn't look in 2021, I bought a two family in Sarasota for 240,000 and the rents on the day I closed were $1,800. So we're getting worse on a cash flow perspective, 1,800 for 240. But that was 2021 and today the same place rents for $3,200. So how is this possible? If you're enjoying the show today, head over to mensvictoryalliance.com, download the free PDF on money, marriage, and mindset, and start leveling up your life today. Follow me on Twitter at Jeffrey Higgins. Follow us on Instagram at Men's Victory Alliance. It's possible because real estate is the last bastion of incredible opportunity for the regular guy. I've made other videos where I talk about how business has gotten much, much harder, but rental real estate is still largely owned in this country by mom and pops. And the mom and pops are not super tech savvy and they're not super aggressive at knowing market rates and keeping up with market rates. So you have a lot of inventory that is held by people that don't care to optimize. And when that situation is available, that's a huge opportunity. So you're able to buy these assets that are not functioning in optimization. And then there's a lot of room for you to optimize. And that's case in point. 2021, I was able to buy a place that rented for $1,800. And just 13 months later, I have it rented for $3,200. And these are annual rentals. These are not short-term rentals. This is just owners not keeping up with rent appreciation. And these opportunities exist all over the place if you look for them. And you have to look hard. If I look for at hundreds of properties, only one might work, or you can look at 500 and one would work, but it is absolutely worth it. So fast forward to a year later in 2022, I found a condo package that I bought uh, 11 condos at $107,000 each. Rents were 950. Today they're 1399. That's just a year ago. And then two weeks ago, I was able to find another condo in the same complex for 120,000. Rents are now 1399. So my point in illustrating this is there's a few points. Number one, we can't defeat ourselves by saying, you know, it no longer exists because it does exist. I know it exists. I'm in the market every day. It's not easy. I'm not going to tell you it's easy to find assets that are undervalued or underutilized, but they are out there. If you look patiently, you know, over the course of months, you are observing your local market. I'm in Sarasota, Florida right now. I have no idea what rents are in the Mid-Atlantic or the Midwest or Texas or Arizona. And I don't even know what rents are in Orlando or Tampa, but I know extremely well what rents are in my local market within 25 or 30 minutes of my house. And it's very easy to look on Zillow today. You know, back when I started I became a real estate agent and then a broker because the information wasn't as easily accessible like it is today. But you go on Zillow, you go on Redfin, you can track sales, you can set up automated emails. So I look at every single property that is listed in three zip codes near my house. And then I look at every single property that's listed under $350,000 within about a half hour where I live. 
And because I'm seeing everything that comes on, it only takes me one second to say I'm not interested in that. So I glance at the email real quick, but then I have a little more data that goes in my head, a little more feel for the market. It's easy. It's fun to kind of see where the market's going and have an idea, have a real feel for the market. And it is a hobby that will compensate you extremely highly as long as once you really get a feel for it and you finally see that mispriced property and you go and you look at it immediately, then you're ready to act. So that's another part of the equation is to prepare for when these situations come up. And I'll talk about that on another episode, but I wanted to address that frequently asked question about money and real estate investing. And I'm glad you tuned in today to the Men's Victory Alliance podcast. Please go to mensvictoryalliance.com, sign up for the mailing list. If you can like and, uh, you know, five-star review the podcast, we can spread the word, spreading the good news about money, marriage, and mindset to other men that need it. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening.